You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. I'm Angie. I'm your host. And in the studio with me today is Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello. Hello, Angie. We are continuing in our Summer of Hope series. And today, because of the time, so the last couple of weeks, we're really talking about the things that are going on in our world right now and how can we respond. Well, there's another topic besides the COVID and besides racial tension. The third thing is what's going on with the church. So that's what we're talking about today is hope for the future. What is the future of the church? And by the way, my friends who are listening, you and I are the church. It's not, we're not talking about the building, what's going to happen to our buildings. We could be out of those buildings tomorrow just as easily as we were a few months ago. Right. This is talking about you and I and how do we move forward. So Mark, what do you got for us today? So we're going to be diving into John chapter 4 today. This is an exchange, a pretty familiar, a popular exchange of Jesus in a conversation with a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well, and yet the disciples didn't want to go because they didn't like to hang out with Samaritans. No, so, that was considered a bad thing in those days. They it did really not, was. They didn't truly. talk. They saw them as second-class citizens. It was not a good scene. Absolutely. And what happens is they said, hey, go ahead and talk to this woman at the well, this Samaritan woman. We'll go to town for food. They didn't know he was talking to that Samaritan woman. They didn't know. He just said, I need to go. (laughs) I'm going to go here. You go to get food. And they're probably like, okay, see ya. Yeah. And they gladly went. (laughs) But upon their return is where we're picking up the text today. Starting in verse 34, so basically the disciples came and asked him, well, hey, you know, Lord, did you eat? You know, we just went and ate, and hey, did you get anything to eat? And picking up in verse 34, Jesus said to his disciples, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I want to Mm. pause there for just a minute. His work. To finish his work. Hmm. Now on the cross... He uttered that famous saying, It is finished. It is finished. So my question is this. Was there other work? Exactly. <laughs> was, was, all, was this, or I should say, was when he uttered those words on the cross, is that what work he was referring to? I, I think he did a lot of things while he walked on this earth. <laughs> I think he and did. And a lot of things when he died on the cross and a lot of things when he rose again. There were so many things that were wrapped up into all of this. Yeah, so where I'm going with this, Angie, too, as we read the rest of this text, you'll start to see this. But what he completed on the cross was he paid the price. Mm, Yes. He paid the price. That was, it is finished. The price has been paid for our sins in order for us to be reconciled to God. Yes. But what he's referring to here is what we'll see as this conversation continues. In verse 35, it picks up, Do you not say there are still four months, and then comes the harvest? Jesus says, Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. They're ready to be harvested. What in the world does that have to do with him eating their Yeah, or sitting there talking to the Samaritan woman. 
Right. And he goes on, and I love this, how he articulates this, verse 36. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you, okay, here's Jesus speaking to the disciples, verse 38, I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. Mm, That's kind of deep. Honestly, that's kind of deep, right? So it's kind of like he's saying, you can go out there and harvest all that corn that the other farmer planted. It's right there for you. It's exactly right. And I love it because he throws in that spiritual twist, just like he's talking. And then he goes, who sows and who gathers fruit for eternal life. So he throws that spiritual thing in there. What I'm talking about is eternal life. And we pick up in verse 39, which I want to conclude because this is powerful. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did, Mm. she said. So when I ask a question to say, who was potentially the greatest evangelist in the Bible? Everybody would probably say Jesus or Paul, wouldn't they? I'm going to say Peter. Ooh, that's very good. Did you ever think it might be the woman at the well? Hmm. Many of the Samaritans of that city, the entire city. Mm. It reminds me of Jonah and Nineveh, how Nineveh repented and came to know the Lord. Here's this woman, and she went and told the whole city, he told me everything about me, and he doesn't know me. But it wasn't solely on her testimony. That's what piqued their curiosity. Then they came out when he stayed there for several days. Yes. Then they said, now it's not because of your testimony. Now we see it for ourselves. So is that what our job is, is to get people curious that they seek out the truth? Ooh, that'll preach. That that is what I want to touch on next, Angie. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6. Okay, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. That's how it works. That's how he's describing this very same thing. Like, you may harvest something that you didn't sow. Mm. I need you to go and harvest for eternal life. There's that spiritual peace again. It goes on to say in verse 7, the one who plants and the one who waters is nothing but God who gives the increase. He's the one that should get the glory. Right. Verse 8 finishes, now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Think about that. So who's responsible to finish this work? God is. The Holy Spirit is. He is. But do we have a part to play in sowing or watering? And God brings the increase. So to finish the work, Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Now, he ascended into heaven, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Is he seated at the right hand of the Father right Mm -hmm. now? 
is his work on earth completed? No. It's not. That's why he gave us the Great Commission. Mm. And he said, listen, behold, I have all authority on heaven and earth, but I'm going to give it to you. So I'm telling you to go. I'm commissioning you to finish the work. So now we have a responsibility. And if this is true, 1 Corinthians 3, 8, he who plants and he who waters are one. We are on the same team. Okay, so that's the part that got me was I was trying to figure out what they, so you mean that they're on the same team. On the same team. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. So it's kind of like that piece like you can't depend upon your evangelist friend or you can't depend upon your pastor but it says each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Mm. Whether you plant or whether you water, God will bring the increase. He will be faithful. I think this is where we sometimes get it wrong when we do evangelism. We feel like we have to convince people. Right. We feel like we have to keep talking to them until they make a decision. We have to keep on keeping on. And I don't believe that. I say share the joy that you know, and if they're drawn, they'll make a decision. You and I have seen it with going out into the streets, like all of a sudden somebody's like, yeah, I want that. And all of a sudden they're saved and you go, what just happened? That was too easy. Right. Because that's the Holy Spirit. Somebody else has already done all that work. Exactly. Or the Holy Spirit has. And you come along and you offer them that opportunity and they say, yes, boom, Yeah, and you get to harvest something that someone else planted and watered. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. But here's the really cool thing. The one who plants and the one who waters, we're still one. We're still on the same team. Absolutely. We're one by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We're one. I think that's awesome. I think of soccer. In soccer, you have the the guys that are the halfbacks. Okay, yeah. And they're the supporting, the fullbacks, right? Yep. So... It's kind of like that. We're supporting God and the Holy Spirit by doing our part behind, but we're not the ones that go up there and make the score. Right. (laughs) Right? Amen. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. But here's what's fun, Angie. Think of a farmer. Now, as a farmer goes out in the springtime and he or she plants seeds, now, will it help? If he or she babysits those seeds and sits there and watches. You have no idea if they're going to come up or not. I see patches that don't come up in fields. And it doesn't depend upon them doing anything other than planting. And I always wonder, why do they plant there if it's just going to be a bog? Right. Because they're doing it because who knows if it'll actually be a bog. Exactly right. That's up to God. And I think as we go out to evangelize, like you're saying, Angie, as we go out to share the love of Christ... Just do your part. I say this all the time, Angie. I say, I can't fill the Holy Spirit's shoes. Those are mighty big shoes to fill. And I was never designed to fill his shoes. It says that he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. We just need to offer it. We just need to plant it. Water, that's all. Whatever the opportunity is that the Lord brings across our path. Just be faithful to that. And that's loving, which yeah. goes back to what Damien said last week. Right. We have to keep loving people. Okay, so tell me how this works into the future of our church. We've just gone through a time when we weren't in our churches, a lot of us. There were some that still did. But what changed, and how do we move forward? Well, and it's still the summer of hope, isn't it, Angie? Because yes. 
people still everywhere are searching for hope. Yes, true. Still to this day, I'm even hearing possibly even more chatter about, oh my, the second wave is coming. And so people are still fearful and they're still confused and they're still searching. It's not really let up, even though some of us Christians have filtered back into our buildings. Like the need for us to share love and hope has not diminished at all from what I'm seeing. And here's what I love that Pastor Damien shared last week. He said, this is the doing season. He said, this season that we're in right now, it's the doing season. It is the planning and the watering season right now. Yeah. We are to be planting and watering seeds in people who have had these things happen to them. And he said this, he said, church, it's time to step up. That's what he said. And then he said, it's time that we move from information to application. Yeah, absolutely. That hit me like a ton of bricks last week, Angie. And what I love about it is instead of just filtering back into our church buildings to get more information, which will lift us up, build us up, help us, but are we going to help anybody else? The Samaritan woman at the well, what did she do? Left her water pot, ran to the city, and told everybody about Jesus. This is what I believe that the next step is for the church. It is doing season, not hearing only. It is how Damien described moving from information to application. So that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to go out and make every person we talk to accept the Lord. No. That means we need to just talk about his goodness. That's it. And talk about what he's done in our lives and share our testimony and let them know that God is good in love. We still continue to love them. I agree. And Angie, I can speak from my own life. And I've talked to many Christians over the years that say the same thing. Once you become a Christian, you can look back and you can now identify those seeds that were planted in your life, what the Lord was taking you through, what the Lord was doing to draw you to himself. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You can't see it at the time. You didn't know that when you're spiritually discerned, like you can't necessarily recognize that. But once you get born again, you can look back and you're like, ah, I remember when so-and-so said this or did this or reacted this way or did this. And all of a sudden you can see how the Holy Spirit was using that seed, the planting or a watering or all of this to bring your heart to the place where it was ready to yeah, receive. I definitely have those stories myself. Yeah, absolutely. I remember very vividly seeing people that I was in the service with instead of as we're heading out to party on a Friday night, they're sitting and singing worship songs. Wow. And something in me, which I didn't understand because I didn't really know God on a personal basis, something drew me. And I remember thinking to myself, I want that. Yes. And I remember like almost hearing that in my head, but then continuing with the way of the world. But it was years, maybe a year and a half, two years later that I actually found the Lord. That's excellent because that's a very similar story to what I experienced too. When this gal that I knew, when she sat down and started sharing what Christ had done in her life, I said to myself, I don't have that. 
that is something that I need because I saw a fire in her eyes. I heard these words coming out that was motivating me and allowing me to realize I didn't have that fire that she's talking about. Mm. And she was saying, my life is a mess. And then I met Jesus and I knew I didn't have that. And that's what God used Mm. to bring all things to order for me and my heart to be prepared for that fruit to grow and rise up. And all I did was added a tiny little mustard seed of faith to it, Angie. And I remember, I'll never forget this. I prayed a prayer and I even said to myself, what do you got to lose? Just say the prayer. <laughs> I just, I said to myself, I'll just take a little step in that direction. There you go. Just, okay, I'll try it. That's it. And, then, <laughs> that and that's all, all he took. needed. He took it from there. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. So let's wrap this up with a bow. Tell me a practical thing, like a one sentence. This is what we can do to further the church right now. Yeah, I think start where you are. Take the information that we've all received. I don't care if you've been in church for a week, or 10 years. Take what you got and step out. Take the information and say, Lord, I'm willing to move to application, but you've got to help me. Yeah, that's exactly right. He's only looking for a willing heart, Angie, isn't he? Yep, just say yes to God. That's it, say yes. The future of the church is we are the ones who have to start talking Right. We can't expect people to come into churches, which we already we have already learned from our past few months. Right. We have to be the ones who go out. So we're going to go out. But first, we're going to listen to a testimony. With me on the phone today is a very dear friend of mine, a pastor friend. We've sat and done Bible study uh, several times and. Uh, This gentleman here has been greatly an influence upon my life, my wife's life, and many Christians in the area. Pastor Eddie Freshour, now coming to us from the state of Alabama. Pastor Eddie, welcome to the program. Thank you, my brother. Great to be with you. Yeah, and uh, as I mentioned, uh, Pastor Eddie and his wife, Nancy, are dear friends of my wife and I's, and uh, we've sat and shared about the Lord lots of times over the years. And Pastor Eddie, I'm so excited to have you on today. We talk about our preparation for these times and these discussions are centered around prayer. And we always pray and say, Lord, who is somebody that we can reach out to right now to speak on this very topic? Topic. And as you know, we're in the middle of the series, Summer of Hope. And, you know, we talked about who is our hope found in. Of course, our hope is found in Christ. He is our rock. He is our everything. But having that hope and actually sharing it to make a difference, to impact the world, I think that's really what Jesus is after for us. And Pastor Eddie, you have actually walked this out. You've actually lived this, where you've taken the hope that you've personally found in Jesus Christ, and you started telling others about this. So Pastor Eddie, just in that vein, how would you describe having hope in Christ, and what is the Lord saying to you now? Well, again, I appreciate this opportunity to to share where I am, not just in ministry, but in my walk with Christ. And the thing that weighs the heaviest on my mind at this point in time is the imminency of the return of Jesus. 
all the signs point to the imminency of his return. There are so many signs that the Bible has definitively described as being prevalent in the end times, and we are seeing all of those come to pass now. I think one of the things that uh, is very dear to my heart, obviously, and, and probably most of your listeners, is what has happened in our country in just the last few weeks uh, and months. Um, the, the turmoil, the unrest, the riots, the, uh, the overreach, in my opinion, of government in some areas, uh, the shutting down of churches, gatherings together, the, the social distancing thing. I'm not denying that there is problem there. There's issues that would and could be and are, in my opinion, being manipulated by the media to try to shut down not just free speech, but especially anything that pertains to Jesus Christ, to the him being the only way of salvation, no other name under heaven given among men whereby men must be saved, but the name of Jesus. Amen. And we preached that for many, many years. And some time ago, as you know, we've had this conversation. Uh, the Lord began to speak to us. We were in Ohio for many years, uh, pastored in three different states. Most of our time was in Ohio, though. But uh, about two and a half, three years ago, the Lord started speaking to us to move to this area of the country. We had no idea where. And it's a long story, and I don't have time to give you all the details <laughs> in it. But he put us in the very house he wanted us to be in. We're here and when we're, we're talking about sharing the hope of Jesus with people, uh, one of the things that the Lord has, let me say, blessed me with is my ability to, to make things, to build things, to do construction work, just uh, whether it's electrical, plumbing, carpentry, whatever it might be. I've done these things most of my life. Most of it was self-taught, but I've always used this as an opportunity. And where the Lord has put me and Nancy here in this little community. It's, there's about a little less than 30 homes here in this little community, mostly retired people, a lot of ex-military people. Mm. Uh, but the Lord has put us here in this place, in this exact house, because a lot of these people don't know Jesus. They, some of them know religion, but that's different. Right. Some of them don't have any belief whatsoever as far as afterlife or heaven or hell, none of that. And a lot of these people are very adverse to, and not, let me just say it this way, they're not receptive to that message. When you start to talk about it, they change the subject. Uh, what I have found here, though, is that the Lord has used what abilities I have to be a blessing to these people. Mm. And so this opens doors. When you do something for someone you don't charge them for it. They just buy the materials, whatever materials I use. But that gives you a platform in their lives. You've done something nice for them, and they appreciate it. I don't preach to them. I don't preach at them. But I, the, the Lord shared something with me a couple of years ago, and I was contemplating on the, the seed sower. A sower goes out to seed that the Lord talked about. And the Lord spoke very plainly to me there. He said, you realize, Eddie, that the power is in the seed. Wow. That stopped me dead in my tracks. 
and I'm, I'm still overcome with the emotion of that moment. Amen. The power is in the seed. I can't make that seed grow. I can't make it bear fruit. The power, though, is in the seed. My job is only to plant it. And if I get an opportunity to water it, I certainly will do that. But God sends his sunshine. He may send somebody else to water it. He may send uh, his sunshine from another place. But once the seed is planted, the power is in that seed. And we don't often realize how often we sow seeds. We can sow seeds of righteousness or unrighteousness. We can sow seeds of good or we can sow seeds of bad. We can sow seeds of tares or seeds of harvest that we want to have, wheat or corn, whatever it might be. That's up to us. And we're in a wonderful church down here. We, we just are, are blessed to have a pastor that is, preaches us straight, preaches hell hot and heaven sweet. And that's the way it ought to be. So we're blessed. He talks about the return of Jesus. And it's called a city church in Rainbow City. We love the pastors. there; They're the wonderful people. And the Lord led us there. It was about a year and a half after we were here before that's where he took us to. And, and that's where we're, we're planted now. But the, the message down here that I've been brought here to this, to specifically to this community is to tell these people, get ready. Yeah. Jesus is coming. We don't have a lot of time left. This may very well be our last summer Christians on earth. And I read every day. I, I'm in, in the Word. I'm in, the, uh, in what's going on. I don't watch secular news anymore. I've shut that off. I'm tired of hearing that. That is only depressing. God's Word is lifter-upper. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And uh, so whatever, wherever I can get Word from, the good Word, the true Word, that that's what I'm listening to, and of course our pastor's great preaching on is directly from the Word. So my my word here today for this audience is: you need to prepare. Don't just assume that all is right. Make sure everything. This is too big a deal. You know, you don't want to miss the sound of the trumpet. The dead in Christ rise first. We who are alive and remain shall caught, be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. You don't want to miss that. This is a one-time event. You can't buy tickets for this. It's already been purchased. And Jesus paid that price on Calvary. And whosoever will now can come and take of the water of life freely. And my encouragement to this audience today is if you don't know Jesus, find him quickly. Look at the word. Call Pastor Mark. Call, call somebody <laughs> in your area that, that knows the word, that believes the word, that preaches the word, that teaches the word. And let them share with you this whole story, the marvelous gospel story of salvation that reached down so far to pick this old boy up. And I know if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for anybody. Uh, God is doing some amazing things to those who will allow him to be a part of their lives. And I think the pandemic was a, was a wake-up call for the church. Amen. Nothing happens outside of God's plan. And some people would say, well, how could God allow this um, wake-up call? Um, Noah, remember Noah? <laughs> that was certainly a wake-up call. Sodom and Gomorrah was a wake-up call. Uh, all these things have been examples for us. And I know that a lot of people don't want to hear that judgment is coming, but it is. And our, our nation has turned so far from God. And we, we think nothing of, of murdering babies by the millions. 
and, and call it woman's choice. I'm not saying this politically. I'm saying this because it's wrong. God has outlined in his words specific ways. Here's how you live if you're my follower. And the church, in my opinion, has been silent for way too long. And it's time for the church to awaken and preach the word, the unchanging word of God, and not be afraid of it. Will we be persecuted for it? Probably. Most likely. Scripture tells us in the last days there'll be great persecution. But bring it on. That just tells me we're that much closer to the return of Jesus. My hope is not in this world. My hope is in the world to come. And Jesus has made a promise in my Father's house are many mansions. But we're not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. And I am anxiously looking forward to that day. I may be wrong on my timing, so be it. I may go by the way of the grave, which we're not promised tomorrow. So, But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. At this juncture in my life, the only important thing to me is to tell people about Jesus. He is your only source of salvation. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. He's the one that paid the sacrifice for our sins. And, and if I had time to tell you my story, it's a radical change from the guy I used to be. <laughs> Amen. And that is hope Amen. right there. And, and Pastor Eddie, I'm, I'm excited because of this very thing. So, you know, we like to think we plan things out, but the Lord has everything under control. And what I love is your story is a testimony of walking out hope. So you came, God called you to Alabama, you responded, you moved down there with Nancy, right? And what I hear you saying is we brought hope with us and we're sharing hope right where we live. That's what this is all about. This is for listeners to hear this and say, you know what? Uh, I need to share hope right where I live and every single day in my life and bring hope to those people who are hopeless, whether they know it or not, right? It doesn't really matter if they know they're hopeless or not, but the, what matters is that we're willing to share our lives of hope and bring hope and show hope and be hope. But what I love, this other element that you're sharing with us today, what I love is you're saying, listen, part of the hope is having people realize that Christ is returning because lots of people talk about the goody, good, feely, good stuff of hope. But what yeah, you're saying yeah, is, hey, yeah. you know what? The fullness of the message, the fullness of Christ, the fullness of the gospel is, hey, folks, we need to get prepared. We need to get ready. And you need to be full of hope and prepared because Jesus is coming back. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Again, whether we're prepared for it or not, we need to be encouraging people and giving them hope because it's a reality, it's a truth, and it's a fact that he's coming back. That's right. Amen to that. And, and I think that that needs to be the message preached in all the churches today. And, and it, it's unfortunately, it is, it is not uh, we still have a lot of churches down in this area that have not reopened uh, from the pandemic. Some are still meeting in cars or transmitting from their church, but they're gathered in the parking lot. Uh, and I'm not speaking against that. I'm just saying that the enemy has wielded this tool of discouragement and uh, of isolation upon the body of Christ and uh, the scripture, of course, is very plain. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as 
the manner of some is, but so much more as you see the day approaching. What day? The day of the return of Jesus, and we're living in that day. So we need to gather together, whether uh, it's with our own family. All of our family is, is not serving the Lord, but the message is still there. It's in our hearts. They don't, they're not around us too long until they hear the message, and that's the way it's got to be. In, in all of our, all, every Christian's life has to be that same message. You've got to prepare. You've got to prepare, not just for what's coming, but for, especially for the return of Jesus, because the time is at hand uh, and the days are getting short. Jesus said, work while it is yet day, for the night comes when no man shall work. Yeah, that's so true, Pastor Eddie. And so what I hear you saying is your word like if I had to pick or pluck a word out of all that was discussed already, and that is prepare. So hope exactly. is to prepare, yes. not not only hope. just to prepare ourselves, but to prepare others. Exactly. And and that's that was the message of Jesus. I, I go to prepare a place for you. Who's he talking to? The, the ones who are prepared. And, and even some of those who, one of those who followed him that was one of his closest confidants turned his back on him and betrayed him. So deception is, is rampant in our world today and and especially in our country and probably all over the world. I'm sure the deception is from the enemy. He wants to deceive us thinking, Oh, well, you've got plenty of time, especially young people. You've got plenty, you got your whole life in front of you. No, you don't. When the Lord comes, those who are ready are going, those who are not are going to, to go through a horrendous seven-year tribulation period. And I've studied this, this eschatology all of my life, and we're, we are bumping our heads on the bottom of heaven. Now, that's the best way I can put it today. The Lord's return is at hand, and that's the message. And this is the hope that I'm bringing. And I'm bringing this to the people who are sick. You're not going to be sick forever. Jesus is coming. Amen. The people who are discouraged, you're not going to be discouraged forever because Jesus is coming. All of my hope now rests in the return of Jesus. Now, is he going to come in my life? I believe so. And I'm 73 years old, so he may not. If he doesn't, I will die with that hope. And, of course, the Scripture says the dead in Christ shall rise first. We who are alive and remain shall be called to meet the Lord in the air. So uh, either way, I'm, I'm homeward bound and I'm not changing that stance. Amen. And, and that brings hope, doesn't it, Pastor? And it brings peace, joy, does, hope, everything. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so good, man. Again, like you shared, we could go on and on, Pastor Eddie, and we may just have yeah. to put a pin in it today and continue this on. It's been <laughs> so great to hear your heart, and I'm excited again because I'm giving the listeners a chance to hear what has blessed me and my wife for so many years of knowing you guys. And just, uh, man, if you walk away not encouraged by this today, man, you need to pinch yourself. But Pastor Eddie, thank you so much for pouring your heart out for the listeners and and to share with me and uh, man what a blessing we so appreciated you jumping on today well thank you pastor and again the the, the joy is all mine I've we've had such a great relationship with you and a, and a lot of folks up in Ohio and and we just love all of you and think about you often and pray for you and, and just uh, one of these days a trumpet will sound and I'll meet you right above the treetops amen brother that sounds great <laughs> so again uh, Pastor Eddie Fresh Hour thank you for tuning in you've been listening to Time to Revive thanks for listening to Time to Revive this show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio 
More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.